0: Oh, yes, I can hear you. We have Stefan. with. Welcome to the show,
1: Stefan. We've got you on finally. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, I actually just decided to do the show. Uh, the problem was that the, um, the bits here were getting stopped and stri- strip searched at the border, uh, but managed to bypass that. Uh, The difference is my bits actually enjoy it. So that was a part of the delay. So sorry about that. But we are live and we are ready to roll. So I'm glad. Excellent. Excellent.
0: I I know we have Jim in in New Jersey on. uh, If you just be patient, hold on for just a moment. We just brought Stefan on. And uh, so we'll we'll just please be patient. We'll bring you up in just a a few moments. So uh, I know you have a big announcement. So I want to get right to that. (laughs)
1: How about we leave the music to you? Um, well, I just wanted to tell uh, – it's a special just for your listeners and uh, everybody else. But uh, I have released uh, all three of my nonfiction books on truth, the tyranny of illusion, which is how to apply philosophy within a family context, universally preferable behavior, irrational proof of secular ethics – and Real-Time Relationships, which is a book I sort of wrote with, in conjunction with my wife who, is a, who practices psychology, which is the logic of love, how to achieve richness, freedom, joy, and intimacy in your personal relationships, all free all the time. You get the, the e-books. You can get the audio books. You can get all that kind of good stuff. Uh, it's a free, freedomainradio.com forward slash free dot html. Did I use the word free enough in there? I think I did. But, uh, yeah, they're all – yeah. You can never use that enough. On this exactly. Show. <laughs> exactly in fact i count that's what this show was, was about so uh, so yeah anyway just for for the listeners who are interested they're they're great books uh, i if i do say so myself and um well worth it uh, i uh, read the audio books and um uh the the pdfs are all available for free you can download them you can share them you can send them around and i think that uh, they will be well worth any investment of time that people put into uh, to reading them
0: Oh well, excellent uh, and we we'll, we'll we'll if for those who may have missed that we'll you know we'll just we'll give out the the contact information again, and definitely at the end of the show, we'll give that out before we really get into everything. I know Jim's impatient, so we'll, uh let let's uh we'll bring Jim up we have Jim from New Jersey, Jim, welcome to the show
2: hey, thank you, hey, it's Heidi, Jim and I oh. share a phone number oh <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to I hope you're good jury is an investigatory body created for the protection of society and the enforcement of the law, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I was fascinated by the insertion of the word civil. Now, I don't remember seeing that before, but I did, in fact, complain on somebody else's behalf um, to the El Dorado grand jury. And apparently, uh, it was about a, uh, a prosecutor in, uh, in their county, and apparently they did investigate him. Now it did not lead to a um, to a uh, an indictment, but if they 're calling themselves a civil grand jury i don 't know whether they 've um, handed essentially handed over their power to find probable cause to guess who the prosecutor so i mean it, it raises all kinds of um, you know interesting points um, but I, I think uh, so I guess what i 'm saying is in some in some parts of the country they are more available than they are in uh, the, the grand juries are more available than they are in other parts of the country. Where I where I am in that place known as New Jersey, they might as well be hermetically sealed.
0: Well, yeah, same as that. Uh, same like same as Arizona. Gotcha. Now I I
2: hear well, uh, uh, I I hear music, yeah, so I think you've got
0: to go. Yeah, we're up against the break, but I do appreciate the call, Heidi.
2: Okay, take it easy. Thanks.
0: Hi. Right. My name is Mark Stevens. You're listening to the No Stay Project here with my guest finally today, Stephon Mullenew of FreedomainRadio.com. We'll be right back. To the No State Project, the annual show on the air dedicated to bringing about a voluntary society. A world without the cancer we call government. And of course, that's nothing more than a group of men and women providing a service at the barrel of a gun. And I want to welcome back my great guest. It's a regular guest. He's here every third Saturday of the month,
1: Stefan Molyneux of FreeDomainRadio.com. Welcome back, Steph. Thanks, Mark. I just wanted to uh, point out that that guitar solo you played just totally beat up my Barry Manilow CD. So I think a new one. I just wanted to mention that. Poor Barry. Uh, he's hiding in the corner and his hair's is falling out. Well, you know, it's funny you mention hair falling out.
0: I got, <laughs> I, I got a guy who trolls on my, my YouTube videos. And his biggest thing is making fun of my hair. <laughs> A problem I don't
1: have a whole lot of, but
0: go on. <laughs> well, what's funny is – funny, and I was going to ask you if anyone ever went and, and when, you, when you box them into a corner using logic and facts and reality, if, if they fall back on making fun of your hair. Because this is what this guy – he said something last night that I read last night. I got back in late last night after driving all day, and I wanted to mention something very quick about Ron Paul, so don't let me forget that. But uh, what he what he says is that my hair plugs were put into too too deep.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> and and so man, you're wrong. I
1: mean, why? How can you argue with that? <laughs> I, but I I don't have. That's the thing. I don't have hair plugs. I, I,
0: so you know, he's defeated me with such brilliant logic that uh, I I almost I almost considered. Uh, Conceding and, and becoming a statist again. How do you, I mean? What do you do in the face of such overwhelming intellect? You know. But but aside from that, I, I, I we had the we heard the Ron Paul commercial before uh, before we came back from break, and I wanted to mention that it, it kind of broke up some of the monotony yesterday because we drove in from uh, we didn't drive straight through. When I went to Idaho last week, I, we did it in one shot, and, and, and I'm still hurting over it. But yet, we're coming back from Mesquite. And we go through Vegas and everything, and then you get into California. And, Steph, it's one of the worst drives you can imagine. It's, it, it just it, There's rocks and dirt and, and a, a couple of, I think they call them yucca trees or something. There's just nothing out there. But you're south. And anyone who's ever made a trip from, from L.A. to Vegas knows what I'm talking about when you go up by 15. And about 20 miles south of Baker, I think it's south of Baker, there was a huge, huge thing about Ron Paul. On the on the west side of the street, and, and I, I was actually glad to see it because it broke up the monotony. Huh? It was, it was something to discuss for a few minutes. Anyway, I want to get back uh, to. I, I don't know if you heard. I get I, you I have this uh, complaint that U.S. attorneys, they call themselves, or attorneys general. <laughs> That's what, you want an army of attorneys. Can you think of anything worse? So, they write this complaint to stop people from, uh, selling trusts and to educate people about the, about the income tax system. And I may not agree with all the things or the, necessarily approach, but all they really do is put forth Supreme Court decisions. You've probably, I don't know how familiar you are if you've ever seen anything like that, where they talk about, you know, the Supreme Court discussing the income tax and certain interpretations of what income is and all that.
1: Uh, not particularly, no. Um, the minutiae of uh, each particular Mafia gang's uh, co- code of conduct doesn't interest me. I know it does you, and it's a good thing, but I can't really get too involved in that kind of stuff, particularly in a different country. But but go on. I'm interested to hear. I love it. You, you're going to love this. This is actually not written to be funny. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> this is supposed to be serious, so I think you'll get a real kick out of this. It's part of an injunction. They want to stop people from teaching about the income tax uh, system. The United States is harmed by a defendant's scheme because defendant's customers are not reporting or paying their correct taxes. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my gosh. They're saying that the United States is harmed. And so I saw this sick, disgusting irony here. Here you've got a group of men and women responsible for doing more harm to uh, the people of the world and they're complaining about being harmed by a few people talking about the income tax sure
1: sure. well look the, the farmer doesn't like it when he has to put up electric fences it's an inconvenience he just wants the cows to stay close to the house and uh, you know milk themselves if they can so that he doesn't have to get out of bed uh, it's not convenient when people start talking about the truth the truth doesn't serve those in power at all, right? Well, of course not, and you're and
0: you're right. It, it's just you see so much wrong with this, and and, and I understand the minutiae. I know I, because I had been going through, and I mentioned to you I think a few months ago about how it was killing my brain to go through the English law system because it's not set up like Canada or the United States. Or, or it just it it it's uh, it's a mess. Oh, yeah. So England – English law
1: is like, well, what happened last year?
0: Let's do that again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all common law. It's all precedents, so why don't have a constitution, right? Oh, they don't have the illusion of a constitution.
0: Well, they have the illusion of a constitution, but it's really good in England because it's not like the United States where you can point to it. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just in the mind. You know, it, it. It. They were really good. The, to convince the English people as smart as like Thomas Jefferson to convince people like that that there was a constitution when it wasn't even something written down, was a, a, a hell of a feat. Of a, of that. Yeah, my hat. Great, great feat of propaganda, of course. Uh, so I understand that. What, what I look at here is. They. They don't produce any facts, of course. See, one of the things that they go, and maybe anybody who's got a problem with this this is something I discussed with someone yesterday. They say that you or I cannot challenge it. Well, it's different in Canada. I'll give you, there is a little bit more you can do in Canada, but as far as the United States is concerned, you, uh, they typically don't allow what they call a taxpayer to challenge a tax, a particular tax, uh, as being damaging to him or the, okay, because they say that, well, it's not damaging to you because what they ultimately use it for is so far removed from you. Yeah. Okay, I know that makes no sense. I don't expect anyone to... It's just, why doesn't that apply to them? Huh. Right. That same stupid, twisted, faulty logic. They can say it harms them when you don't pay. <laughs> but they say, well, you're not actually harmed because it's, you're too far. You can't complain about, how, you know, the, about the money being taken because you're too far removed. Am I getting a bit too abstract here or is this just
1: is, <laughs> No, I mean me? I, I think I think it's interesting. I mean uh, when you when you when you peel back the layers of propaganda to see the the blood underneath, right? Because the government is, as you say, it's a group of guys with guns and it's a organized crime or I guess you could say disorganized crime would be more appropriate. But what is funny is the degree to which they will go to cover up their crimes. I don't think it's particularly from us even. I think it's more so uh, from themselves but this is i mean this is the nonsense that people talk about i say the government is there to protect your property rights it's like well why are they taking half my money at the point of a gun i mean <laughs> that's like that, you know the the doctor is here to help me so he's amputating a healthy leg like it just doesn't it doesn't even pass the smell test let alone the logic that a 5 year old uh, could could see through but uh, this is part of what passes for discourse these days right
0: well, yeah, what's, and what's incredible is that – and I, this is one of the things I, made, I, I mentioned before. There's a huge difference when, when the IRS is the plaintiff as opposed to a bankruptcy case when it's a private party. Because then the judge uh, – things that are basic and common sense like the issue of standing and jurisdiction uh, are – yeah, you can, you can reasonably expect that the judge is going to apply the law. Okay, I'm not saying that there's going to be justice there because there's not. You can't have justice with these people; it's just impossible. But you're going to have more following of the law as opposed to here, where in a bankruptcy case, I could just point out stuff on in, in a one-page document. There are no facts pled here, and the judge, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and but here, the judge, they, they don't care. In fact, what they do, what they did in this particular case that I'm talking about, they just started saying, "Well, your opinion on the tax laws is just frivolous," and, but, but that that has nothing to do with. You, you, you're full depleting here. Uh, it, and they, they never address the, the nonsense. So you and I can sit here on the radio and we can talk about how stupid this
1: is. It doesn't matter because the judge doesn't care. That- no, no. I mean, of course, the, the people who are behind the guns, right? Because because what these judges have fundamentally is, is hitmen, which you and I are fortunately rather short of. And they have people who, if you disagree with them, they'll come to your house and they'll arrest you. And if you don't go nicely, then you're going to go bruised and broken. And so they don't care what we say because they're behind the guns. We're on the other side. It doesn't really matter.
0: That, that's true. My name is Mark Stevens. Uh, we have Paul in Delaware. We'll bring you up on the uh, in the next segment, so please be patient. If you want to join the conversation here with Stefano, New, and I, you can call us at 512 646 1984. That's 512 646 1984. We'll be right back. Great cannonball. My name is Mark Stevens. You're listening to the No Stay Project here on the We the People radio network. We're here every Saturday afternoon live from 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time. And I believe it's about 11 a.m. Sunday morning in New Zealand. And I want to welcome everyone uh, back to the show. Appreciate tuning in and listening. Uh, my guest today, of course, is Stefan Molyneux of FreeDomainRadio.com. Welcome back, Steph.
1: Well, thanks, Mark. I, I just wanted to point out that according to the documentaries I've seen, uh, New Zealand doesn't have radio, but they do have elves. So I don't know if elves pick up FM, but the documentaries <laughs> that I've seen, and I think it was a trilogy, uh, you just may not have a lot of listeners in Australia because it seems to be medieval mostly. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. But uh, please continue. Oh, taking shots at my Aussie friends now. <laughs> <laughs> that's well
0: they see, they know now because they already know that where you're from because you're originally from England.
1: I was actually born in Ireland and uh, I grew up in England. I lived in Africa for a while, came to Canada and I've traveled around a fair amount uh, on business and now uh I'm an internet philosopher so I barely leave the house. So this is as close as I get <laughs> to uh to getting out of uh, out of town. This is great. Well I,
0: that's, I'll have to ask you more later about where where you've traveled, but I want to bring Paul up. He's been uh, very very patient. Paul in Delaware. Paul, welcome to the No Stay Project.
3: Uh, how you guys doing? Thank you very much. Um, I, ca- I call in because I I used to be a listener, and I hope that you give me the privilege since I'm dealing with someone who claims to love freedom that I get to talk, because it's important, uh, my position, so that you know where people's heads are at. I'm listening to this show, but it's only because I almost have to because I really don't listen to talk radio, and I'll tell you why. And that is that it seems to be one gigantic network marketing cult with the power of radio behind it. And I just heard Deadline Live, Jack Blood Week of Truth. It's almost like watching TV. When you stay away from it and then you see what they're giving people, I would like to equate it to the same thing, but most people probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, I'm wondering, I'm a free state project. I know that that is libertarian, and yet we're speaking to someone, I think, in Ireland, and we heard about New Zealand and Australia, and I can't help because I've listened to a show that I really, it's called Free Talk Live on GCN. I listened to it until I got fed up because. I'm just so sick of what I call cult members, all these people who point the finger at what the problem is, but they never get anything done. And to quote a libertarian in my area, I went to him with real information one time until I found out it's all a controlling mechanism. And the Libertarian Party especially is controlled by the Freemasons. And that Statue of Liberty is a prime symbolic example of it. But uh, I just find so much uh, stuff that just turns me away. But the sad part is, the majority of human being, and this is my question, this is my question to you people that are listening uh, on the show, um, can you please tell me, because there's so many people that claim to be intelligent, but what I find them to be is what a, call, uh, a cult member, and most of them don't even know what a cult member is. They, they just point to someone like a David Koresh or, or, or the new ones in Texas now, mind you, and I'm not saying they're not cult members. But I'm saying that the people that point the fingers, they are cult members too. And like cult members, when someone tries to waken you up and say, hey, look, you're, you're going down the wrong path, you can't get through to them. You know how that is when you're dealing with cult members? It's the same idea. And you were talking about the most powerful thing. I would say when people actually are able to define and understand what a cult member is, then they'll understand what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, what's your actual question? I'll let Steph take this, but just, just restate the question clearly a, so Steph a, could...
3: Okay, it's a scientific question. We're dealing with cult members. Cult members are people who have beliefs. That's why you have a Democratic and a Republican and a this and that party, because it's about a belief. It's about no solid ground at all. And so all, right,
0: Paul, all right, Paul, but just the scientific quickly... The because... question is
3: this. The scientific question is this. Do any of you all, gentlemen, have a... a, a, a an idea of how to get through the thick skulls of cult members.
1: Well, the first thing that I would suggest is that the word cult members may be considered a little inflammatory. And I'm not saying that you're wrong, maybe you're right, but if you want to uh, win people over to the truth, I think that positivity and friendliness and good humor and curiosity uh, is the way to go. So... Uh, I mean like I, I understand what you're saying, that there's a lot of self-interest in towing the party line and it's very practical to do so. Like if you're an academic, if you start talking about the coercive nature of the state, you're going to very quickly find yourself – I mean if you're a grad student, you will very quickly find yourself unable to get a thesis advisor. If you're up for a job and people hear about this stuff, they'll, they won't hire you. Uh, you won't get papers published and so on and this is just one tiny example in a sort of big uh, it's not a conspiracy it's just that human beings respond to that which is I'll advantageous remember. to them and the problem is is the system and people don't like talking about the coercive nature of our society they don't like talking about the dark side of america the foreign bases the the renditions the tortures the the violence the the massive debt the predation of the future um, you know based on deficit financing and so on they just don't like to talk about it and In some ways, we can sympathize with that. We're interested in this stuff. But for most people, it's just like looking through a book of surgery. I mean, if you're not a doctor, you can't help these people. It's just kind of ugly. So I think it's understanding that most people are making a rational calculation as to where they're going to spend their time and energies – and understanding and and giving something to them that is going to be beneficial to them, which is why – just to plug these three free books again uh, – I've tried to write books that help people to bring philosophy into their daily life with an understanding and a kindness towards people who – Why would they want to learn about all of this stuff? Why would they want to learn about the truth? It's going to alienate their friends and family. It's going to alienate their kids' playdate uh, parents or whatever. Uh, We have to find something that's going to be positive for people in the realm of philosophy and truth. And I think that – I'm not saying you're bitter, but if, if, if you sound bitter and call people cult members, it's going to drive people away from the truth rather than invite them in, if that makes sense. It's a tough sell, right? But I think because it's a tough sell, we have to be super friendly and positive.
3: Well, it's hard to get through the cult members because the human nature of what they're breeding. I can't. I don't even want to go into the breeding practices. But if anyone does, just a a, a just a cursory examination of just breeding of human beings. Just Google it.
1: Okay. okay wait. 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 Just a just a second. Just a second. Let me. I'm I'm trying to help you here, right? So I yeah. said that if you call people cult members. That's not a very positive thing, in my opinion. And the first thing that you responded with was by calling them cult members again. And I'm just saying that if you want people to accept the truth that you're bringing... Let let him speak. If you want to bring forward a truth that's going to energize and and be positive towards people, learning to, to listen and be more sensitive to where people are coming from and more positive about what you're bringing to them would probably be something that would be beneficial to you, but get you more of what you want.
3: Well, the truth is offensive, as we all know, and there's no other way to put it than to describe it as what it is, as Webster defines it. And when you go to Webster's and you look at it, that's exactly what it is. I don't want to paint a pretty picture. It's like Paul.
0: Paul. Trying to, yeah. Paul. Let me ask you a question because you, you, I, I've spoken to you on the show before, and you always called in and tended to sound very angry. Okay and I'll tell you this this is one thing it's I'm a very angry. difficult thing it's um, you come off that way okay I'm just saying and other people have have made that comment also and and Stefan's trying to help you and I'm going to say so I think it can help also a very important thing that I learned from NLP was Uh, if you're not getting the, the meaning of your communication is the response that you get. If you're not getting the response from people that you're looking to get, then you have to change the way that you're communicating with them. If you just stand there and say, I'm going by the truth, this is the way it is. And damn it, you have to listen to me. And I, how do I get through to your thick skull? you're not going to get nearly the response that you're looking to get. You have to change the way you're communicating. No, you're calling us and you're saying you're all cult members and I'm getting this from the radio and I'm sick of this. Your guest talked
3: about philosophy. Philosophy is another set of beliefs. As you see, philosophers come along and show where the other philosopher is wrong. What we got to do is stop these belief cult members. And now this guy wants to hand you a book about philosophy. All I can say is I'm way far past where you're at, and I'm not disgusted. I am kind of upset that I don't have a show, but I've got to sit here and listen to this. And you don't have to.
1: Oh, come on. Look, are you going to tell me that with this approach that you're taking, that you have converted one person from this cult yes, that you sir. describe? Have you yes, had one person like- say, oh, yes, I am part of a cult, and you've enlightened me?
3: Oh yes sir all the time I I I've, I've got a friend that may may have been on uh this network his name is Steve Allen he he put $50,000 of his own money into uh putting out a HIV equals AIDS documentary that's the name of it and uh he thanked me about 6 months ago for waking him up so I'm making good progress where it matters
0: Then why are you you calling? Yeah, that's great. So why do you sound so disaffected that you having you have so much? You know, uh, you're so tired of hearing all these things. If you're having such great success,
3: because I call in, like I said, I don't listen to talk radio. I call the phone number and I get to get on there. It's almost like having your own talk show.
0: (laughs) I I know how that works. I, I, I understand that. You know, I I do the same thing myself. Well, Paul, I do appreciate that. I appreciate the call. We're up against the the break. My name is Mark Stevens. This is the No Stay Project here with my guest, Stefan Molyneux. If you want to join us, you can call at 512-646-1984. That's 512-646-1984. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Do, Do we lose, Steph?
1: No, don't. Uh, sorry, uh, I, just, I just wanted to tell you that being a co-host on your show is almost exactly the same as having my own show, and I'm very bitter. So I just wanted to let you know that I'm kind of going with the flow here. Well, you have to keep listening. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, uh, you have to. You just you, you
0: can't help it. I do appreciate Paul's call. He used to call all the time. and uh, so It's been quite a while since we spoke to him. I think the last time, uh, one of the last times, I think it was actually you and I were doing a show together, Steph, and he had called in to berate me well maybe I, he called in to make a comment i should say uh because i had we were talk you and we were talking about mind control and i had mentioned something from you know just 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 one little pearl of wisdom uh, from uh, zen buddhism and it had to do with that the need to be right is a sickness of the mind and you see the irony in a, in a second and he had called up and said how dare i get on the air and talk about mind control and then quote something from one of the worst mind control cults in the in the world so now, nah,
1: so anyway, <laughs> I didn't understand that one at all. But uh, glad to be back but with you do everyone. Get this, you- You know, with certain people, you do get this distinct feeling that you're kind of trying to debate with a television set. Uh, And and so, you know, either one of you is crazy or both of you is crazy. And so you've got to just change your tactic, right?
0: Yeah, and I just thought it was – and here, the the quote that he was calling to comment about is so – I think so applicable here that the need to be right is a sickness of the mind. And most problems are created, I think, because somebody feels that they're right. Everybody else is wrong. And I'm not saying he may actually be—you know—someone like may not actually be right, but it's where the anger comes, from, where I have to be able to control them. They should listen to me, which is just another—it it sounds like just another control freak. Look, well, that, you I'll people tell you, are all-
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the basic equation that I work with, and and as a philosopher, or I guess a cult leader, you could say, as a philosopher, the the general, this has been since Socrates onwards, in fact, the pre-Socratics, the general equation is the Holy Trinity. Reason equals virtue equals happiness. And if somebody comes into your life, this is my perspective, I'm not saying this is all proven, but this is the way that I try and work the mojo. If someone comes into my life who is... Uh, angry, And I don't mean angry in a just or, or proper manner, but just kind of bitter and negative and frustrated and tense and, you know, all over the map and so on. Because I believe that reason equals virtue equals happiness. If someone comes into my life who's fundamentally not happy, I just know that they're irrational somewhere because they're just not following that pattern, which is as old as philosophy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I it, it, I, I agree. Uh, well, we do have another call. We have uh, Jay J.C. in New York City. Hey, welcome to the show, J.C. Yo. Hi, how you doing, Mark and Steph? Doing, yeah, doing good.
4: Doing good? Okay. All right, I have a question for you guys. Uh, why are people afraid of recession, depression, those sorts of things that are caused by uh, government intervention in the markets? Why are they afraid of it? And that's my question.
1: All right, Steph, you do you, want sorry. To do you mean? Uh, do you mean why are they afraid of uh, yeah, why losing why their did, jobs? Why they, or, or why
4: do they? Yeah, yeah. Why do they fixate on it so much? Why don't they just think? You know, well, you know, what happens happens. We'll do what we um, can to deal with it. But why do people uh, fixate on it? you know, through the media.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I'll I'll just touch on that briefly, but I'm sure Mark will have more to say. I I think that when we look at something like a naturally occurring phenomenon, like, uh, I don't know, like a hurricane or something like that, uh, people don't fixate on it in quite the same way. It means that they'll be alert, they'll be prepared, they'll take precautions, they'll, you know, whatever. I don't know, you duct take your cats and whatever it is that you do. So when when there's a naturally occurring phenomenon, we're cautious and we take uh, – we're alert and so on. But when there's a man-made phenomenon, things get a little different. And I think it's because there is a lifeboat called the government, which is on a ship that's being sunk by a torpedo called the government, insofar as if you can get a government contract, then maybe you can survive the recession. If you can get a government grant, if you can get in with a government position or something like that. And so I think because it's man-made, it's a man-made situation through manipulations of the money supply, deficit financing, all that kind of crap. People get really obsessed about it because they know that their obsession may – they believe that their obsession may have some effect. The same way that people get really fascinated by elections because it's a man-made disaster so to speak. But where there's a natural disaster, there's quite a different phenomenon. Uh, that, That would be my short answer if that makes any sense.
4: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And if you're in business, uh, how how do you uh, shore yourself up intellectually, uh, emotionally, just business-wise to get ready for this sort of uh, hysteria that's kind of bouncing around right now in the system?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing that I would do is to recognize that, I mean, there's this weird belief that floats around in the government that... A recession is just a state of mind. You know, like if we don't say the word recession, then people won't panic and sell their stocks. And like we're all considered to be this hopped up (laughs) band of sheep running wildly across a landscape chased by imaginary wolves. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it's just not the case. I mean a a recession or a depression is a very real monetary phenomenon that is amply explained by the Austrian School of Economics to do with uh, opening and closing the floodgates of the money supply. And uh, it's not an imaginary thing. It's, it's a very real, a very man-made disaster. But, of course, I would say that at this point, you know, we're in a situation within the cycle. Uh, and this is like I'm not an economist, so, you know, take this for all with all the salt in the world. But we're not in a situation where uh, it can be affected by any kind of public policy at the moment. I mean this is just the inevitable result of the war, right? And And so – I mean and other things and so on. But – uh, I think just to recognize that uh, it's not an illusory thing. It's not – the magical thinking will not save you. It's just something we have to ride out.
0: Yeah, I would also point out too though, JC, that the hysteria is not – in in my experience, I talk to JT about this all the time. It drives me crazy because I, you know, I don't think – not everybody, and probably the majority of people, are not sharing in the hysteria or the, this, this, you know, anxiety. Uh, because I go to the store and and, and you around people and, and it's like. It's like surreal to a like, point. Do you people realize why gas is $4 a gallon? Do you understand why milk is $4 a gallon? I mean, do you, do you know why you can't, like, when you, 100 bucks does not buy family a, a more, more, you know, a week's worth of food anymore, maybe two days worth of food? Do you understand what's happening with. I don't think the average person really, you know, understands or even cares. Is,
1: well, is no, that, I mean, anyone, there, there, there been, a knowledge of economics is like a knowledge of astronomy. It's nice to know how the universe works, but it's not like it's going to do you any particular good in your daily life. So most people, of course, rationally allocate their resources and watch Law & Order, right? Which, of course, is a (laughs) nonsense show, but at least it's entertaining, right? So, uh, no, people, they just – it's hard to make those connections if you're not trained in it. And, of course, public schools studiously avoid teaching anyone even the basics of economics because informed voters are that much harder to manage, right? Well, I, yeah. Well, informed voter is kind of an oxymoron.
0: <laughs> right. right. I, well put. You know, we're, now, Joe. Let me ask you. Being that you're from New York City, uh, yeah. In your now, in your scope of influence, there, do, I mean, does the people that you're around that you contact, with, I mean, do they have this anxiety that the world's coming to an end in September of '08?
4: Um, no, I don't think they really have an anxiety that the world's coming to an end, but there but there is a little uh, bit of worry because uh a lot of these uh, a lot of the finance people are insecure in their jobs. And every single every one guy in finance supports a massive number of lawyers, artists, uh grocery store people, uh expensive coffee uh sellers and stuff like that. So it's like if one of these guys loses his job, there's a noticeable impact on all the businesses everywhere else. So in New York, I think there, there's there's both like a, a sigh of relief because there's there's thought that thought that uh, real estate prices will uh, go down, they'll stop uh, rocketing into outer space. Um, but there's also a, a, a fear that they that uh, the economy won't be able to handle. Uh, a lot of problems in finance, just in terms of local uh, New York-focused issues. That's that's my take on it.
0: Yeah. So, they, are they putting together? Are you finding that there's maybe more people that are putting two and two together and are realizing that the pra- the, the main problem here is the fact that there isn't a real money system?
4: No, I don't think they're uh, coming anywhere close to that. No, not at all. I think all right. uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> then it truly is a sad situation. You you would think it, it, at least there would be some positive if more people were waking up to the fact that there is n- there is no monetary system that the, you know the, that the problem is you've got a group of a very very small group of people who are creating funny money out of thin air and loaning it, you know. So well, these. Right.
4: That would I I, I, th- I think there's an instinctual understanding of that. Uh, particularly, I mean, there there are a few uh, big sectors in New York. I mean, the focus is, the focus I think is the media. There's uh, the arts, uh, there's uh, finance, and there's, there's, like, the anti-economy sector. You know, the the, the government here in New York is larger than anywhere else, is the largest municipal uh, government in the... It might be. I don't know. San Francisco might rival it. I'm not really sure, but it's up there, you know. (laughs) So I think there's there's a lot of uh, nervousness in the media in particular, and all, all these very vocal sectors in New York are, are kind of uh, worried about it. So that's probably why it's more in my in my consciousness.
0: Yeah, well, that is the, that is the municipal capital of the world. I think the municipal code in New York is larger than in most states. Oh, certainly. So sure. it, it probably is the you know. The, I I personally don't see how anybody could start a business in Manhattan. And it's not even an issue of money is how do you comply well actually actually, you
4: know how they you know how they start businesses in Manhattan. it's i mean major companies because i mean it would be lunatic to start to uh... put your headquarters in manhattan uh... because the taxes and all that i mean it just makes so much more sense to go to jersey city or a place like that uh... but what happens is uh... they get sweetheart deals from the government i mean this is uh... what Giuliani was uh... would love to do what bloomberg loves to do is they say oh, we'll give you x uh 100 million dollars or 10 million dollars or whatever tax credit if you put your headquarters here. So uh that's that's how they do it. I mean that's the only way. Uh is if the mafia lets you.
0: Well there's got to be a damn good reason to go to Jersey. Okay. That's <laughs> that that's yeah. all I got to say yeah. on that issue. Yeah. You, you've season really got to have all the lower property values, you know. Yeah, this uh, you got to have a real compelling interest to go there. I do <laughs> No See, offense to of my New like, Jersey, list Like
4: that's what the government does, right? I mean, that's that's why it's that way. It's because the taxes are so high, so they can give favors, so they can manipulate uh, these. And
0: it, it, absolutely, it's the same thing with why they have uh, business licenses and why they have uh, a vocation, you know, uh, vocation licenses like uh, licensing doctors and things like that. It, it, Correct, it's absolutely. the same old. It's the same old story. Well, Joe, I do. Uh, I'm not Joe, JC. I do appreciate the call. Oh, my pleasure. J- JC from NYC, uh, Steph. One of the things I wanted to get into, we touched on before when he mentioned about the cult. Maybe I want to f- we'll focus on just the cult for just a moment. Uh, do you agree that just someone like yourself is a cult leader? Because now I, he's not the first one to. I don't know if he necessarily accused you of that. I have to listen to, you, but you have been accused of that. Oh sure, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, now, yeah what, no. What's your? T- what do you feel? How do you? What do you think about that?
1: Well, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, if I'm a cult leader, I should have a whole bunch of roles uh, in the uh, in the driveway. Uh, I should have my own island, and I believe I should be able to travel back, but through time. So, no, I mean, this is a standard um, uh, accusation that is put forward, and and I have some sympathy for it because. We do get into personal topics in philosophy. I'm very much around the philosophy of the everyday, that philosophy is not about you know, whether space aliens have free will, but how is it you can live a life of more virtue and integrity and freedom in your daily life, because the state isn't going to set you free, and so you have to find as much freedom as you can in your personal life, both to live a happy life and also to inspire other people with, with freedom, it's become a personal example rather than a uh, a walking encyclopedia of libertarianism, which has never struck me as particularly free. So because we talk about personal issues, people get uh, alarmed and upset, right? Because most libertarians are rigidly abstract and rigidly it's all about the state and it's not about my friends. Uh, Freedom is not about my friends and my family and my work environment and so on. Uh, It's about the Fed you know, and all this stuff I can never do anything about. So because of that, I can certainly understand why people would feel cautious about that uh, because I live off this show uh, based on donations, I can understand that there would be some caution around that too. But, um, of course, the, the the difference is that um – There's nothing that I say that is ever to be considered true because I say it, and that's different from your average uh, even remotely competent cult leader that uh, I'm a philosopher, which means reason and evidence win for everyone. It has nothing to do with me. uh, I happen to have a good fertility of imagination and good language skills to come up with uh, theories or propositions, but they stand or fall based on the application of reason and evidence, and so uh, it's not a cult of personality because um... it has nothing to do with my personality and fundamentally it has nothing to do with me at all it's just a community of people who use reason and evidence to sort out some of their challenging beliefs and life situations so yes it's about the abstracts but the application is in the personal and that's i think what gets people most alarmed
0: yeah well this whole idea because what i get from what paul says is that anybody who has a rigid set what he well a set of beliefs that are different than his, because he certainly has his beliefs. Okay, so if you're talking not necessarily about specifics, whether it's religious or this that, you know, you know as far as – because I don't think Paul was making a distinction uh, about, you know, a cult that's necessarily just religious in a, you know, uh, just that it's, it's a belief system. You know, it's just look, if you hold a belief – set, that's what I get. And maybe I'm wrong. But it's it, it if you hold a certain set of beliefs and you teach them, uh, you, you're a cult leader. If you're, you're listening to a show like this, then uh, you, you're a cult. You know, you're a member of a cult. Like the audience to this show uh, is a cult.
1: Yeah, I well, use that. Because, uh, just because a lot of idiots are certain of things doesn't mean that everyone who's certain of things is an idiot. That's that would be my <laughs> short <laughs> response. <laughs>
0: Very well put. My name is Mark Stevens. My guest today is Stefan Molyneux, FreeDomainRadio.com. Radio.com. Join us at
2: 512-646-1984. Online and on
1: demand, this is We the People Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to the No State Project. I'm your host, Mark Stevens, coming to you live. Live. Fortified compound here in Southern California, where it is absolutely beautiful. I've got to tell you, the winds up in Idaho, I guess it kind of reminded me of the way, I, well, it didn't remind me, but I kind of figured that's the way it would be for my guest, Stefan Molyneux of freedomainradio.com. Welcome back, Steph.
1: Uh, thanks. Uh, I do appreciate that. Because I work at home now, the only winds I really experience are after a heavy Mexican lunch. So um, I'm sure that you had a bit <laughs> of the outdoorsy feel than I did. But uh.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, because we had the funeral going on and, you know, trying to get your mind off of that and everything, the kids had built this. And I, I can YouTube this. We got on video. They, uh, some of our younger children built like a three foot volcano that they made so we had the idea well you know i have a nephew who's a it chi- was a chemist you know and that's always getting you know you <laughs> you get some in, you know some immature adults together with uh, certain chemicals certain household chemicals and dry ice uh, you know in the volcano there it lends itself to some destruction and uh, so we made some uh, so the volcano didn't come out too good but we started making those uh, dry ice bombs <laughs> so, Ah, nice. <laughs> so it was nice to be in a place like Idaho where they don't give it where, the, you know, your neighbor's not calling the cops because the next neighbor is, you know, a football field away. But the wind, gosh, I can't tell. Oh, man, was it cold. You have no idea. Oh, Brutally cold. So I'm, I'm glad to be back down here in the south where it is not – the snow. It's not supposed to snow in April.
1: You know what? It sounds—it sounds almost identical to as if you'd taken a trip to Jupiter or something. You know the way you talk about it. It was a wilderness. There was wind. There was snow. It hailed frogs. You know, it just sounds like you went to the—you visited the Old Testament or something like that.
0: Well, you know, for me, I, I'm from—I'm from Long Island. Even though somebody recently is, thought he was putting me down and making fun of me by saying I'm a backcountry hick and I'm a backcountry hick. I, I got to tell you, I'm from Long Island. I, we're not usually described as backcountry or hicks. But, yeah, the, hey, we, I'm I'm an Arizona guy now. I, I go to Idaho, and it's just too cold.
1: And, and to me, yeah, I, it's like going to another planet. It is. Oh, Idaho's too cold for you, says the guy from Canada <laughs> with all of the sympathy in his frozen little heart, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. My,
0: you being a fellow cult. Leader, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it, since he was mentioning something about cult, and uh, I, I would imagine that to Paul in Delaware, everyone who does not believe the same as he is maybe a cult. It just strikes me that somebody who is a cult leader uh, is somebody who needs to control the uh, thought, you know, the, the you know, control other people's thought processes, and of course their their uh, their actions. I mean does that 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 sounds like a you know a a pretty general uh description of a cult leader when you agree
1: yeah i mean it's it's the substitution of basically the argument from authority right like it's it's the personal it's the substitution of my personal judgment for other people's independent thinking. And, of course, that is the opposite of philosophy. Any good teacher, any good philosopher is going to try and awaken the excitement of thinking and of using reason and evidence in others. And my success, I always measure, every day I measure my success by how many people have I made enthusiastic about thinking for themselves. It's certainly got nothing to do with accepting anything that I say on faith. That would be ridiculous. But I think what what happens is that people get exposed when they're younger I think it's I mean my wife constantly reminds me of this and she's right as she is about everything that it all starts in childhood all starts with the family this stuff doesn't just roll into people's personalities when they get to be 30 or whatever and I know that when I was a kid all of the people who were the most certain in my life um, particularly in the educational system and I went to a boarding school and I went to public schools in different countries and this was a universal phenomenon that the people who were the most certain were almost always the most irrational, whether these were priests or whether these were the the teachers or headmasters in my educational environment. And, and whenever you would question them, they would get aggressive. And so people who come across as really certain, you know, like some of the more diehard truthers or the people who believe that global warming is man-made and all this kind of stuff, they get really uh, kind of tense about things. And so what happens is people associate certainty with dominance, that people who are certain are not actually right, but they just use that certainty to dominate others. So anytime someone comes along and says, I am certain, even if it's I'm certain that 2 plus 2 is 4 and the Earth is round, you're called a propagandist and culty because that's been their experience with certainty in the past. But there is certainty which is culty, of course. But then there is certainty like two plus two is four and the world is round and gases expand when heated, which has to do with scientific evidence and rational truth. And that is very different from the kind of certainty. In fact, it's the complete opposite of the certainty that really troubles people and rightly so. Wow. Because you know, I was – that, that's great because I always rate my success
0: by how many phone calls I get like Rick right from California that call the show and say I'm a genius.
1: <laughs> right. So, well I'm I'm still so working on trying to raise substance. My vanity. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm trying to raise my vanity to your level, but I'm not having oh. any successes yet, so I'm still working on wow. it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, I too, someone on the forum had put a, a sarcasm meter <laughs> on well, the forum. the difference floor is off. though, uh, Mark, I, I have not been hum- – I've been humbled by hair loss. And after that, uh, you know, you're pretty much like, okay, well, I guess I'll go with reason and evidence because I can't even talk my <laughs> follicles into doing anything. So it's just that you have to go through something humbling to, to bow yourself down to that kind of stuff. And for you, uh, maybe it will happen. Well, you know, I think it's already happened because I've
0: had a virtual – you know, I've had it happen virtually because, I, according to some people, I don't have hair. So, you know, it, it's like the the I, here I go and and put things in in, in explicit language, you know, like and, and number it so that you can point out the logical fallacy or the factual inaccuracy, and then all they come back with is my hair plugs are in too deep.
1: Oh yeah, no, I I got <laughs> um. It's <just> not to <laughs> elevate any YouTube comments to anything serious, but I get uh, you're fat. And also, (laughs) uh, you claim to be into the free market, but your wife supports your show. And therefore, that's not the free market, right? Like, maybe my wife is the government. Now, it's true. I do live in a dictatorship, but that's very different from an actual government. But um, And so, to me, it's not true. But even if it were true, what would be the problem with that? If my wife believes in me so much and what I'm doing so much that she'd want to uh, fund what it is that my dream is – I mean, why would that be a bad thing? I mean, isn't isn't support from your loved ones a very integral part of happiness?
0: Yeah, I it, can, it when I know you're not supposed to elevate, you know, and you're you're right. It's just it's not just YouTube comments where, because I have people email me also, and no one has ever been able to point out a factual inaccuracy in what was presented in the videos or in any of my articles. It's not from a vanity standpoint, but I mean, I have no problem getting into a discourse and discussing, hey, we don't, we don't screen the calls here. You know, so like what Paul was saying, I, you, know, you, you, could, you he could do the same thing with other, you know, with, he can call the, the Michael Weiner show. It doesn't mean he's going to get through because you can't get through the, the, the screener. We don't screen the calls here. I, I, I just, what I don't get, you know, the, the personal attacks are, are, are stupid. Uh, it, it just shows me that when someone comes back and says you're fat or makes a comment like that, they cannot
1: show a flaw in your facts or your logic. Chick. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, it's a cry for help. And, you know, help, I, 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 I can't think and I can't get up. You know, it's a cry. I mean, whether you want to help people is up to you, but it's a, it's a cry for help. Help, I'm trapped in a bear trap of my own. Broken brain, you know. That's what people are saying. I don't choose to help a lot of these people. I will occasionally, but uh, I just view that it's just a cry for help. You know, it's like I can't think, and I don't even know that. That's how lost I am. And the tragedy, of course, is that these are people who were raised in a government-run school system where they were never taught about reason and evidence and how to think and how to logically discourse. Uh, they may have been taught uh, in fundamentalist religious schools where. Uh, faith uh, and, and mere emotional assertion was considered a reasonable substitute for rational evidence and reason. Uh, they they may have been part of a, a particular culty kind of groups of which there are quite a few on the internet. Uh, and, and so th- these are just people who've gone through this process of having their minds dismantled over time and it, it's unpleasant but it is sa- a sad thing to see. Well, you need to get through their thick skulls somehow. <laughs>
3: Sounds like I've managed to
1: reach you with compassion on this
0: subject. (laughs) I think so. My name is Mark Stevens with my guest Devon Molyneux of freedomainradio.com. If you want to join us today, please call 512-646-1984. That's 512-646-1984. Welcome back this is No State Project. I'm your host, Mark Stevens, and my guest today is a fellow countryman, in a sense, well, born in the same country as Gary Moore.
1: His name is Stefan Molyneux of freedomainradio.com. Welcome back to the show, Steph. Thank you so much, Mark. It's uh, great to be here.
0: Yeah, you know, Two outstanding guitar players came from Ireland. That okay? I, I know there's more than just two, but two that come to mind, of course, Gary Moore and of course, Rory Gallagher.
5: Oh,
1: fantastic! Oh, I'm hilarious. so I, you know I I totally my mind just I thought of Man, I thought Nana Muscuri was where you were going with that, but uh, um, I guess we were just on slightly different but but parallel tracks there. But sorry, go on. You, you, you all right? Well, I you, just blew your mind, didn't I? <laughs> just kidding. you <laughs> you, you, you you're showing how
0: uncultured I really am. Okay, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> not. I have no idea what you're talking about at this point. So.
1: No, Nana Muscuri, famous Irish guitarist. No. <laughs> my wife not, is it's a not queen, helping. So. Oh, not not helping me at all, but I'll have to look into that. I'm more on the you know, well, you've heard what what's well, on your show. Case. But don't don't worry. There is a about an 89-year-old Greek man, one guy who's listening who found that really funny. Uh, so <laughs> that goes out to him. Uh you uh, not so much, but uh, go on yeah well i again i'm just uh, you
0: know some putts from Long Island, so what do I, what 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 do we know? Uh, um, I want to discuss about children and and it's a very real concern that I know people have about teaching the kids proper logic, reason, and rationality, teaching them the truth about uh government and you know when you have young children you're going to teach these things and the concern that people have is, well, they, they have to put the kids in public school because, well, they'd get shot if they didn't. So, how do you teach children that are especially under ten these truths without having to, in a way that you don't have to worry that you're going to be called in by the principal, the teacher, to you know, to answer why your your child is saying there's no monetary system or this isn't real money.
1: Right, right. No, it's, it's a challenging problem. Uh, my particular approach with my wife and I want to have kids. And, and our plan is we're going to hire someone uh, on Halloween to take half our kids' candy at <laughs> night. Point. And we feel that that is going to be quite an effective way of getting the nature of government across from them. And then when they come home and cry about it, we'll actually present them a bill that says that they now owe us the remainder of that candy because we've been deficit candy financing. And that really is going to be the way that we're going to try and teach them uh, until the authorities take our children away. But when the authorities do take our children away, they will be well, well educated in certain principles. I'm just kidding. oh, so okay. you're no,
0: oh, yes, of course. <laughs> you so you're, you're, you're just using a more advanced uh, system of trauma to teach children how to accept. kind of a you know.
1: Right, and then of <laughs> the course system. when the children do get taken away from us by the government, they'll also understand the nature of the government as well as they're torn from our hands. So, so there's ways of doing it that's going to toughen them up. But uh, no, I mean in all seriousness, it is, it is a challenging question. The truth of the matter is that you don't have to send your children to public school. You just have to pay. They don't care if you send your kids. They just want the money, right? Well, oh, so, that's not true, Steph. Uh, it's not true. Right. If you don't but there's put homeschooling your, all yeah. over the place in
0: the U.S., right? If you have permission to do that and you 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 know like in California there's a recent thing in California where the teacher the, the parents have to be licensed so not everywhere they, there are some place so I know you could say it's easy just move not everybody's able to move because of their job and whatnot so i oh, just yeah. want to look at more broad look at it more in a broad sense that's more uh, because yes the uh, the uh, the ob. The ideal, of course, yeah, pull your kids out of these concentrations. Absolutely, but for the, for a lot of people, that's not the case. And even if you can't pull them out of those schools, you also have the concern. Well, I guess it's the whole thing that you talk about. You know, being ostracized. You know, well, you shouldn't be friends with these people. And the, but you know, but as far as the you know, people, your children are going to interact with other people. They're going to interact with government officials, and so. I, I, you don't it's not one of these things where, like with my kids, I just do. You know, I say, "Look, uh, you don't talk to so and so about this."
1: <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's a tough call. I I think. I mean, you you obviously you, you want your kids to succeed in the general context of society. You don't want your definition of successful parenting to be, "My kids now live in a fortified compound in Montana." <laughs> right. I mean, because I mean, it's been, well, for you, you already have a fortified compound. But for those of us who are a little more exposed, let's say. Uh, it is a challenging question. I think you want to teach them the truth uh, about the world, but I think – and this is the challenge, and this is what we were talking about with reference to the earlier rather abrasive caller, that you, you want to teach them to love the ignorance that is around them. And, and that is a really – I mean libertarians, we're not so good at that. I mean we're really good at lecturing people about how the world should be, but there's a lot of frustration and indignation. In the, in the libertarian community, and I think among certain libertarian parents that I've seen as well. This is the world that we've inherited, and it is a tough tanker. It's a tough super tanker to turn around towards the truth, but are we really going to complain about being born in the dawn of the 21st century, where you and I are being around at this time, where you and I can have these conversations, where I can have conference calls. We do a call and show every Sunday afternoon, where I can talk with people around the world for free, where I can make a living being a podcast internet philosopher. I mean, it is a brave new world that we live in, and the tools for freedom have never been more powerful, and the tools for truth have never been more powerful. I can run a quasi-Socratic philosophical conversation with tens of thousands of people around the world. It's never possible before. It was completely incomprehensible to do before. So I think that finding a way to recognize that people have not been taught how to think, and they've been punished for thinking, and that's created a lot of distortion, in the personality. Most people's minds are like those Chinese women's feet that were sort of bent in and tortured in on themselves in this foot binding practice that was in like late 19th century China. They're kinda of broken and learning to feel affection for people and, and see them as the victim of, of a society because very few people are natural philosophers or natural libertarians. They just do what they're taught and they're taught all of these terrible and bad things and they're punished for thinking and they're attacked for being independent And they grow up kind of frightened and angry and scared and trying to find a way to have affection for the best that is within people, even if you can't reach it, even if they turn out to be irremediable or irretrievable jerks. Finding a way to love the potential for truth within people, that's the thing I want to teach my kids the most, that you are privileged to be in a position where you have some really great foundational aspects of the truth and the ability to think – and lots of people don't get that. It's like trying to teach your kids sympathy for the poor kids in Ethiopia. It's like they're not sitting there dying because they're too lazy to get food, right? They, you happen to be born here. They happen to be born there. Kids born in reasonable households should be taught reason and they should be taught sympathy for those who weren't. And that doesn't mean be everyone's patsy or anything like that. But you can't change the world productively if you can't love it either.
0: Well, that's true. And, and, uh, and it also – when you talk about this is the world we've inherited is – accepting the world as it is because if you don't take the world for what it is and the way people are, uh, you can't really be effective from bringing about any kind of change.
1: Yeah, nature to be commanded has to be obeyed and that's a rule of science and a rule of engineering that we, we don't expect to reinvent physics when we want to build a bridge, we just accept the way things are and you simply can't have an effect that is positive and long-lasting in the world by rejecting the realities of the people around you and the reality is that people are tense and people are frightened And when you ask people to take a step towards the truth it's a really really a terrifying proposition that threatens all of their personal relationships it may threaten their work relationships it may threaten their marriage they may feel bad about what they've done to their kids it is a very emotionally volatile situation not many people are natural-born libertarians or anarchists. And so if we are that way, we should rec- – I mean I didn't earn this. I just happened to read Rand when I was like 15. It was like, well, that makes sense. I didn't invent it. I also didn't invent my emotional response to it. And some people read Rand and throw it away in disgust. So recognizing the fortune that I've had to have the kind of personality and, and capacities that I have, you know, if you're a good doctor, you should dedicate yourself to – uh, to healing the sick. And if the people don't even know they're sick, then you're not going to get anywhere. And that's why I was saying to this guy, don't call them like, cult members and stuff like that, because going up to a guy who believes that he's happy and productive and successful and insulting him is just going to do nothing to bring the cause of truth about.
0: Right. It, there's a very important lesson or uh, idea in NLP that is, it, it, it's like the core of NLP. And it, there are no resistant clients, only in inflexible communicators Mm -hmm. and he wants people like, like Paul want to flip that around and say well you don't believe this you're the problem no 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 you're not communicating to them in an effective way it's like someone who's Greek you know you're trying to speak to someone who's Greek and you speak English only. You're thinking the guy who's Greek is the one with the problem. No, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak louder. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. My name is Mark Stevens. My guest today is a regular guest every third Saturday of the month, Stephon Molyneux of FreeDomainRadio.com. You can join us here in the last segment by calling 512 646 1984. That's 512 646 1984. We'll be back in just a moment. The No State Project. I'm your host and cult leader. This last segment of the show. Welcome everyone back. Welcome back, my guest today and fellow cult leader, Stefan Molyneux of FreeDomainRadio.com. Welcome back.
1: Hello, Mark. I uh, send you the psychic mental handshake of fellow cult leaders, uh, so I hope that you got that. Done. Got it. Oh wait! You know, sorry, I, you were just tickling my leg with that one. If you could move up a little, sorry. Go on. Uh,
0: you, you know, you know, Saphon, it Really, there's <laughs> supposed to be some a little bit of discretion and be uh, well, be to be discreet here. This is a family show. This is a let's not offend any of our cult members. Uh, you know, come on, we've got to right regular, and like
1: the regular mainstream meter, which are more of a family show. If you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. You want, I want to point something out. and It's not because I, I don't want to know what they're beating up on somebody. I think it's it's very important points for communications. So that's why I'm going to bring this up. And uh, tell us in in one sentence, of course, what we all hear about the definition of insanity is.
1: Well, it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. And, then getting, and it's worse getting mad about the results.
0: and <laughs> Because in NLP, of course, since I was talking about that, one of the things that they say, look, if you're not getting the result that you want, do anything else (laughs) because you've got a much greater chance of getting a different result or getting the result that you want by doing anything other than what you're doing at the moment because it's just not working.
1: Well, sorry, this, this is the most amazing thing about libertarians as a whole, and this is the part that causes my head to virtually eat itself, so I'll try and be happy there's not a live uh, webcam show, but the thing about libertarians is that we say to people, you should adapt to a stateless or minimal state society, and we say to people, you should give up being a lawyer, and you should give up being a state worker, and the, the public school teacher should, should accept the, the restrictions that may come about through privatizing, and everybody in the world should adapt. Adapt to freedom because we view the uh, necessary adaptation as necessary and important and helpful and virtuous. But libertarians are sometimes the most rigid people on the face of this planet. It's like doing Pilates with an Easter Island statue. Sometimes getting these people <laughs> to change their approach. So we're all about everybody else should change their entire life, their entire setup, and their entire concept of society. But we can't adapt to not calling them cult people. You know, like, that's the amazing thing, and that's why libertarianism, I think, fundamentally has yet to make much of a mark intellectually, is that it lacks the very flexibility and ad- adherence to reason and evidence that we claim is our sole motivation.
0: Right, and, and, and I want to have a, a friend on the line. We've we got a couple calls. I want to get to everybody, so we've got to go quick. We only have about eight minutes left. A uh, friend, Barry in Arizona. Barry, welcome to the No Stay Project.
6: Mark, Stefan, how's it going? Going good. Good. Um, I, I have a thick skull already, but I'm trying to decide which cult I want to belong to, and I want to see if you guys could help me out. And my choices are this: uh, I could be part of a cult that doesn't force its will on somebody, or I could be part of a cult that does force its will on somebody. And I, I just—I'm not sure what to choose.
5: <laughs> Go well, on. Since I you're, mean, from, Ari- uh,
0: since you're part, from Arizona,
3: if, if, if part, what's that?
0: I was saying, cause since you're from Arizona, I, I, I'll, I'll. I'll I'll take this if you don't mind, Steph. Yeah, (laughs) we're sharing cult, cult uh, uh, responsibility. You can have this one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, and and that's a very that's a great point. You know, because but he always makes the distinction that uh, we're all. You know, cult members, and and he said, but I, I I agree with you. You know, if if you have because he's thinking that a cult is really anybody who you know it, it, pretty much anyone who doesn't believe the way he does, unless I'm misunderstanding him. So yeah, I, I'd rather be part of a non-violent one.
6: Yeah, but the benefits of being a cult member in a violent cult, like you know, government, sheriff's department, whatever, is that you know you have job security because you get to you know, you pay your salary with stolen money. You know, you get to wear a lot of really cool insignia. Um, you know, I kind of like that, the whole personal adornment thing, you know, being able to walk around and, you know, um, and there's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of benefits on that side, you know, but I don't know. I, I just yeah. thought maybe you guys could help me out a little bit. Um, you know, because I mean, it, you know, if we're going to talk about cults and, you know, people talking about libertarianism being a cult, why don't we talk about the other type of cult, which is the one that wears the, that is openly a cult, that wears the uniforms and takes the... Well,
1: and, uh, uh, public and the schools, right? And ...pulling money in. What's that? Well, sorry it's interrupt. I was just saying, I mean, when people come running at me with the cult accusation, I'd say, well, if you're really concerned about indoctrination, what about uh, a system that takes children out of their homes by force for 14 years and pumps them full of all sorts of brain-destroying nonsense? Why don't you go and talk about public schools? Well, because it's easier to pick on libertarians than it is to take on a school board, right?
6: Right, exactly. But, I mean, it just really blows my mind that people don't see government as a cult, you know, that they'll... they'll take people that have a certain belief or philosophy about life that, you know, lean more toward freedom and independence or 9 one truth or whatever, you know, and call that yeah. a cult, but they don't look at government like a cult because it has an official stamp on it it's sanctioned by the so-called state, you know. It just really blows my mind, so I guess that's more my thick-headed, you know, thinking. So, um, anyways, well, just wanted to throw that out there, so <laughs> you guys should probably take another call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that, Barry. Okay. Yeah, being uh, being from Arizona and uh, and the guitar player, yeah, that's get that he has no choice but to be thick I, I I I've been accused of that myself many times. Uh, all right, we have uh, Richie in New Orleans. Richie, welcome to the No State Project.
5: Hey, you guys, first time caller. Um, in the tradition of liberty and the patriot movement and all that, what do you guys know about any the legitimate means of adjusting your status to not pay income tax?
0: Well, I would, uh, adjusting status. They don't care whether you're, where, you know, what, what you call yourself. Okay. They're always going to label you a taxpayer. It, it is part of the program. So if you, and if you, and if anyone wants to really see just how programmed these people are, you know, like with the franchise tax board or whatnot, just give them a call and speak to somebody. Uh, you know, you take the number off of one of their little forms and just give them a call. And when they say taxpayer, just correct them and say, well, excuse me, I'm not a taxpayer. They won't know necessarily. Most of them don't know how to respond.
5: Well, are there any people who actually do have a status that don't pay taxes, like the, the uh, what do they call them, the Amish or you know, Indian tribes or whatever? Is there a status that, that does allow you to avoid income tax?
0: Well, it's, I'm glad the Amish uh, had to get a specific... Uh, exemption, legal exemption for Social Security, for religious purposes. Uh, I think they avoid paying income tax because they don't use money. Okay, let's go that way
6: then.
5: Let's move on that angle.
0: Well, th- I, you know that's that's I, th- there are there is bartering is actually legal in the United States for many years because I believe so many people had had been doing that and I and I'm I, I think it's great you know if, if somebody wanted to start something and promote it on the show and on the website I'd be happy to help with that yeah but uh, didn't I,
5: recent, wasn't there this guy who printed all, uh, who minted all of these silver coins about six months ago and 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 the Nazis went in and confiscated all of that because they were using that as a currency, uh,
0: yeah I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they were necessarily Nazis. They, you know, I'm <laughs> I understand talking, why you're saying. You know
5: it. who I'm talking about.
0: I know. You, yeah, they had actually been in business for about ten years. So, and it was about six months ago they had all their silver stolen. And yeah, and, it, it, yeah, it, and it, then e gold. Well, that's the thing. They they made a number of different uh, what I believe uh, were errors in calling it. Uh, you know putting the statue of liberty on there and actually going after the federal reserve now that that may have i can't say for sure that that's what prompted them to do what they did had they just been using silver and silver certificates uh, receipts warehouse receipts and just left all the political stuff off there i don't i they probably still would have been raided they probably would have had all their stuff taken. This is a f- this is a very real threat that any time you do something that threatens their system of control, they're going to come in after you, eventually. And that's what happened here, and it happened with eGold also. They shut the eGold e- guys down by accusing them of child pornography and stuff like that. So they shut. Can you imagine going onto a going into a, like Trump Towers with a uh, with somebody went in with uh, child pornography and they seized the entire Trump Tower.
1: Job well, then you want to make – sorry. You, you also want to make sure that – I mean there's lots of things you can do to minimize taxes, uh, self-employment and so on, deductions. Uh, I, I think you want to make sure that you're not going to spend more time and energy avoiding taxes than you would be just by minimizing them. Uh, I mean just from a pure pure pragmatic standpoint, it's not your fault that you're taxed. It's not your fault that, that we inherited the system where money is taken from you if you want to participate in economic society. Money is taken from you by force and used for evil purposes. I mean it's it's just it's not your fault morally and so I would say don't surrender more of your freedom than necessary and live a life of anxiety and 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 fear and manipulation in order to avoid uh, taxes which can be very legitimately minimized legally.
5: But if you yeah. can not deal in barter and in other property as in gold, silver, beans, rice, oil, honey, whatever, you can actually avoid the tax, right? Cuz they 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 can't yeah. tax
1: you, well, but how much time – sorry, the question is how, how much time are you going to be spending doing all of that versus just using cash and paying some minimal amount of tax?
5: I guess that's your adjusted lifestyle, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank uh, you.
0: Richard. I do appreciate the call. And, and Rick in California, I'm, I'm sorry we're not going to be able to get to you today. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, Stefan, great having you on again. I want you to give the uh, the, uh, the contact information and the books that you have.
1: Yeah, free, uh, three free books available, audiobooks, PDFs, you can download them right away, FreeDomainRadio.com forward slash free.html. Thank you very much,
0: Marcus. It right. great show. I appreciate you coming on again, staff My name is Mark Stevens. This has been the No State Project again for August 19th, 2008. And as usual, Government is nothing more than a group of men and women providing a service at the barrel of a gun. If they were interested in protecting your life, liberty, and property, well, damn it, they would be the first ones looking to take it. Until next time, l'chaim.